amen. And I'm going to tell you something. I said it the other night, and I'm going to say it again. When people begin to look down on the things of God, there are people that look down on church services. There are people that look down on the preaching as it is clear that they use every opportunity, they take every opportunity to, to tear apart the preaching and, and try to read into everything. There are those that think that there's nothing worth, that, that outreach is not much of anything, Bible study, as they're not concerned about those things. Okay, they're concerned about other things. And you got to be careful that that spirit don't get a hold of you because you'll find out that when people look down on the things of God or they lose faith in the things of God, it's not because of other people. It's not because of situations. You want to know what it really is? It's because people have gotten carnal. They've gotten carnal. Esau was a carnal man. He was carnal. Esau had the blessings. He had the birthright. Okay? And what that meant was he was a partaker of the promises and the blessings that God had made to Abraham and Isaac. He was supposed to be a partaker of that. But because in, the in a time where Esau was so consumed about what he wanted right then and there and right now and how he wanted his craving and his, his desires to be fulfilled right then and there. He looked upon the birthright as if it had not much significance. It wasn't worth anything to him because he was concerned about the right now. He was concerned about the temporal. I promise you that a couple of hours later, Esau was hungry again. I promise you that. If he was anything like me, all it took was about two hours. And rubbing the old stomach, ready to partake of something else. Just the way it is. So I'm pretty sure he had those hunger pains again later on that day. But because... Because he was so carnal, he looked upon the birthright as, what good is this going to do me if I die? Well, let's see. Um, heaven? Let's see. You know, isn't heaven, heaven worth it all? But he said, okay, I'll give you this birthright. Just give me the soup. And so he gave his birthright away for a bowl of soup. But you'll find out that somewhere in Esau's life, and I'm going to tell you, whenever you sell out the things of God, you will come back to it. You will want it again. You will desire a church service again. You will desire to fill the Holy Ghost again. You will desire another prayer meeting. You will desire another opportunity to sit in a Bible study or to hear the word of God. You will desire it again. Mark my words, you will. You will if you sell out. Because the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, the Bible says that there was a day that came, and Esau came 
back. He wanted back what he had sold out and what he had gave up on, what he had threw to the side, and he thought that there was nothing, there was, it wasn't worth anything. The Bible says that he came. He didn't come casually. He didn't come in a nonchalant behavior or attitude. The Bible says that he came and he was sought after with tears of repentance. But the Bible says that there was no place found. There was no place. His time had ran out. It was too late. He threw it to the side and he gave up something great. And when he came back seeking for it with tears, it was too late. I want you to know you don't want to play games and mess around and it be too late for you to make the right decisions. You know, you don't want to play games. You don't want to throw it to the side and say, what is it worth me living for God? It's not worth anything. I'm going to do my thing on the side. I'm going to play games. I want you to know you don't want to play those games because guess what? There's going to come a time where you're going to want it back again and it's going to be too late. Listen, I come to make the best of every opportunity that I have. I come to get my hands in the air. I come to open up my mouth. I come to run it out. I come to leap for joy. I come to cry unto God with a voice of triumph. I realize that what we're doing here tonight, it matters tonight. We're not wasting our time tonight. This is not a waste tonight. This is the house of the Lord tonight. And it profits a whole lot. There is great profit in what we're doing here tonight. There's great profit in it. There's great profit in it. The Bible talks about Laying up treasures in heaven. A lot of people are worried about laying up and stocking up treasures in this world. And it's so sad that this world is going to burn. You want to know what's even sadder? That people that know what this word says. And they're trying to secure life down here. That's sad. Because this life is not my home. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. I'm a, I'm a foreigner. I'm an alien when it concerns this life. I ain't supposed to be blending in. I'm not like this world. We are not of this world. And so why am I trying to hold on to this world? Why am I trying to find comfort in this life? You know what? I thank God for the things that he has put in my life, the things that he's blessed me with. I thank him for it. But guess what? I ain't trying to hold on to it because at any given moment, it can go just like that. And I promise you, you better have put your stock in something more than this world. Honey, I didn't come to invest in this life. I didn't come to invest in riches. I didn't come to invest in stocks and bonds. I want to invest in the kingdom of God. I want to invest in the work of God. I want to invest in a church service tonight. I want to put something in it that is going to matter, that is going to sustain, that is going to carry me through. If not, we're going to find ourselves in the boat of people that put their trust in this life. And you'll find out that when things crashed, when everything 
fell apart. You'll hear about how people was jumping out of buildings and everything else as they felt that as that's all they live for. That's all they invested in. And many people look at the church. They look at the word of God. They look at things that the church promotes. And they look at it as there's nothing there. Ain't no profit in living for God. Ain't no profit in obeying God's word. There's no profit in that. That's the world's mind frame. But I promise you, I, it's a sad thing when somebody that proclaims to have this faith falls into that mindset as if there's no profit and falls into hypocrisy and makes it look and appear like they're in and that they are all for it. But on the outside, outside of these four walls, they're living no different from the world. No. There is great profit in the things of God. And I want to hold on to it. I don't want anything to rob me of my faith tonight. I don't want anything to cause me to no longer to have faith in the word of God. No longer have faith in a church service. I don't care who it is. I don't care what the situation is. I want to keep my faith where it belongs. And that's in Jesus. That's in God's word tonight. And so in verse 15 he says, and now we call the proud happy. <laughs> Yea, they that work wickedness are set up. Yea, they that tempt God are even delivered. But in verse 16, he talks about a group of people. He talks about a people that they were not of the mindset of those that were stout-hearted. They were of the mindset of those that were proud and lifted up. How many know that it's a whole lot better to be humble before God? Huh? How many know that God resisteth the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble? I don't know about anybody else, but I need some more grace tonight. I need the grace of God to fall on me tonight. But God resists the proud. He resists You'll read in the scripture where Jesus begins to show his disciples something. He points something out to them. There were two people, two men. One came in, and he was, he was of a religious, he had some religious background to him. He came in, and he began to, listen, his approach was all wrong from the get-go. He came talking about how great he was and not how, about how great God was. So his approach is all wrong. It's all backwards. He comes in, talks about how that I give tithing such and such amount of time, how I do this and I do that. And oh, I thank God that I'm not like this, this guy over here. <laughs> the nerve of him. To, and the truth is, the guy over there was a pretty bad guy. He was. But I'm going to tell you something. That is not the attitude that we're supposed to have. Because guess what? We all, ain't none of us good. Ain't nobody good. Paul said, and there is, uh, David said, there is none that doeth good. No, not one. 
Paul said that in this flesh dwelleth no good thing. Nothing. You fool, I'm fooling myself if I think that I'm something great. I'm fooling myself if I think that I'm good and that I'm okay and I got it all together. It's a lie. See, because I'm going to tell you, people that know that they're broken and know that they are a wreck and that their lives are in, a, are in shambles are the people that get something from God. People that think and put on a show and put on the front that everything is good and, oh, oh yeah, I'm okay, everything's fine. Those people are going to remain the way that they are. They're not going to get anything from God. But this man over here, the Bible says he, will, he stood afar off. And he wouldn't even lift up his head. And he beat on his chest. He said, Lord, forgive me. Have mercy on me, a sinner. As he realized that he was not quite where he needed to be. And Jesus told his disciples, guess what? Guess who went home more justified than the other? You would think that it was the guy that did everything right. So does so he believed. But he said, and it wasn't that guy. It was the guy that stood afar off. The guy that was humble. The guy that was broken and lowly. The guy that knew that he wasn't worth much anything. And that he needed some mercy. He needed the grace of God. He needed God to have mercy on him. As he realized that his life was all out of whack. And it wasn't where it needed to be. I'm going to tell you, it's a whole lot more profitable to be humble to be broken and submitted to God it's a whole lot better and so the Lord begins to talk to talk about people that wasn't proud hearted <clears throat> they weren't lifted up in themselves but you know what they were people that feared God they feared God they, they reverenced the Lord they had respect for God they had respect for his word in other words these people weren't just talking about anything they weren't talking about evil things. Why? Because they feared God. They had a reverence for God. They understood. God hears us. God knows what is going on. So what they was talking about and what they was concerned about, he says in here, in verse 16, Then they that feared the Lord spake often. You know, it's a good thing to talk a lot about God. It's a good thing to talk about how great God is and about how wonderful he is, and about all the things that he's done. People want to talk about a whole lot of things, and unfortunately, it has nothing to do with God. You know, they want to talk about, we did this, and we did that. We went here and went that, and it ain't got nothing to do with God. You know what? The only thing that I want to talk about, the only thing that I want to lift up, I don't want to lift up myself. I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I want to let it to be known that God is great and that he is greatly to be praised. You know what? I want to keep a praise on my lips often about how good God is. I don't want to get down and out in the dumps and begin to talk about how bad things is and how wrong things is. God is great and greatly to be praised. Despite what I'm feeling, despite what I'm going through, despite what is going on around me, God is still good. God is still great. God is still on the throne and he still has it all under control. He's got it all under control. So I want to talk about him. I want to talk often. 
The other night after prayer, he was here. And, you know, we began to talk, and, and suddenly we started talking about God and all the things and the Word of God and revelation and prophecy and all of these different things. And we was talking about things concerning Bible study. It was just a good feeling, you know. And I don't know about anybody else. Often, lately, here of late, whenever I talk about God, and it don't even have to be in preaching, it don't even have to be in Bible study, whenever I talk about God or just begin to explain something, it's this feeling, I know it's the Holy Ghost, that comes on you so strongly. And it's like, my God, I, 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 I've only gotten two words out of my mouth and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost I'm going to tell you God shows up when you start magnifying him and when you start glorifying him and when you start lifting him up matter of fact I want to I don't know about anybody else but I want him to show up often I want him to show up in my church in our church services I want him to show up in my home I got to keep a praise in my mouth about God and how good God is because God is good God is good. Listen, somebody better make it up in your mind that God is greater than anything that you can experience in this world. There ain't nothing that can compare to how great he is tonight. Don't lose that. Don't let go of that. And so we're here. We're talking about the things of God and how wonderful God is and, and prophecy and what this could mean and what that could mean, and with all of our hair, putting all of our heads together, we, we were still as lo more lost than what we were when we started talking about it. But you know what? It's good to talk about it. It's good to, to, to inquire, to be, to be curious about it. You know, the Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron. The Bible teaches that. And so there's nothing greater than to talk about the things of God. You know, I want to make sure that I'm talking about the right thing. You can find, you'll find out real easy, real quick, of who is concerned about God and who's not. You know, people can talk about out for hours about everything, any and everything. But somehow when, when God comes into the equation, when the word of God comes into the equation, people get all bored out and they start yawning and all of a sudden it's time to go. Hey, we're talking about we're talking about how great and wonderful he is. That ain't nothing to yarn over. I know he's been good to us all tonight. I know we got something to talk about. Come on, we got breath in our body tonight, don't we? We got something to talk about. We got something to magnify him about. Come on now. But, you know, a lot of times, and I used to be that way. I, I can remember when I was younger, and... I was so consumed about everything, about everything else in this world and sports and Hollywood and video games and everything else that whenever you hear the word of God, you get that like you're about to fall asleep or this is boring. And, and I come to realize as I got older and went through some things, I realized that God is a whole lot better than what I thought. 
he is a whole lot more important than what I thought was important. But there is some significance. There is great significance to the word of God tonight and the things of God. And so we, we was here. We was here at about what? Maybe 1130? Just 11? It was, it was late. And we're just talking about how good and how wonderful God is and all the things that God has done and how God has revealed himself. We talked about how that, you know, I think Sister Teresa talked about how that there was a time where God woke her up out of her sleep. Told her to go and read a certain, certain book and as she's reading it, it was like the words was magnified and tears are coming out of her eyes and, and all of these things as God began to, and every word that was read, you could feel it as, it, as, it, as if you were there in those times. You felt every words. You know what? People will live their life and they'll sit on a church pew and they'll never experience that because they don't allow God to have complete control in their lives. God wants to, magn God wants to make himself known to us. God wants, to, God wants to make himself known to us that we realize that, hey, he's not just a God. He was not just a God to them in this book, but that he wants to be God to you. He wants to, he wants to show his power to you. He wants to reveal himself to you and how great he is and how wonderful he is and how, how powerful his word is. And I believe that when we talk more about God, when we talk often about God, not just on Easter, not just on Christmas. We talk often. Listen, in these last days, we need to talk a whole lot about the Lord. We need to promote him a whole lot. This world is getting worse and worse as the days go by. Honey, I don't want to talk about the government. I don't want to talk about who's sleeping with who on the job. I want to talk about Jesus Christ. I want to magnify him. I want to glorify him. I want to talk about the right thing that really counts and matters it really matters because guess what he hears you he hears you he hears you he hears me and this is what he said he said and the Lord hearkened and heard it in a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. I don't know about anybody else, but I don't want to be in the Guinness book. That ain't the book that I want to be in. I don't want to be in the Hall of Fame book. Ain't the book that I want to be in. I want my name to be written in the book of life. I want to be, I want God to remember me. I want God to remember my conversation. I want him to remember my, my time and my dedication. I'm going to tell you, people think that it's a waste of time coming to church. But you don't know that God is taking note of every time. You persevere and you come to church. When you don't feel like it and you're tired in your body after working a long day, God sees how you persevere through all of that. 
And you come into the house of the Lord and you lift up your hands and you, you lift up your voice. God sees it. He takes an account of it. Every time your family tries to discourage you and say you're crazy for going to church so much. You ain't got to do all of that. It don't take all of that. And you persevere your way through all of that junk and all of that garbage. And you come into the house of the Lord and you lift up your hands and you lift up your voice. I want you to know it's not going unnoticed. Every time when people are talking about negativity and things and just tearing things down and, and just destroying things with their words and you make it up in your mind that I'm not going to speak like that but I'm going to speak positivity. I'm not going to speak death. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to use my tongue for what is meant to be and that is to magnify, that is to glorify the king of kings. I want you to know that God takes note of it. I want you to know he sees it. I want you to know that God said, I'll remember them. I'll remember them. I'm going to put their name in a book. I want God to remember me. I want God to remember the, good, the things that I've done according to his word and according to his plan. I'm telling you, this ain't a time to get negative. This ain't a time to allow the influence of this world, to allow the influence on the job. You know, we can talk, sometimes there's a whole lot of things we talk about. We can talk about everything that's happening on the job, everything that's happening about within the family. And you know what? A lot of times the reason we're talking about it, it's not because we're praying for them. The reason we're talking about it is because we're blending in. The reason we're talking about it is because we're getting wrapped up in the gossip and all the everything that is being said. Listen, we shouldn't be wrapped up in that. We shouldn't be caught up in that. God didn't put me on my job to get caught up in what they're caught up in. God put me on my job so that I can be a light that is shining in a dark place. He didn't put me there so that I can blend in and, and talk about everything that they're talking about. I should be praying and asking God to open up a door where I can talk about you, where I can make you know, where I can, make, where I can begin to glorify you and tell somebody about how wonderful you are. So what am I talking about? What am I talking about? Am I talking about how great God is or am I talking about how great LeBron is? Am I talking about how great Holy Ghost services is? Or am I talking about what I did on the job with the co-workers? What am I talking about? What am I glorifying? What am I magnifying? What am I lifting up? I want to lift up God. I want to talk about him often. Every opportunity I get, I want to talk about him. I, I want people to know that God is great and that he is wonderful. There's nobody like him. Nobody like him. There is profit in living for God. There is profit. You know, the, you're reading the book of Psalms, and a lot of times if you don't, now if you're not prayed up and if I'm not full of the Holy Ghost, I'll fall into a mindset that this thing ain't worth anything. As I'm looking around, and it looks like those that are wicked and that are proud, that they are being lifted up, 
They don't have no troubles. They don't have no worries. They ain't going through the things that I'm going through, and I'm trying to live for God. I'm trying to serve God. But it looks like the wicked is prospering. It looks like they got it going on. They ain't got no problems. They're being blessed. Hmm? They're being exalted. They're being lifted up. And the psalmist, he found himself in a, in a place where he began, to, he began to ask the question. He began to make statements like, I've washed my hands in vain. In other words, he's saying living for God, it's all, it's all for nothing. There ain't no profit in this. And you know the problem was? You know what his problem was? He had his eyes on the wrong thing. Had his eyes on, in the wrong places. He was looking at the wrong things. And it caused him to fall into a mindset of thinking that all of this is for nothing. I'm going through troubles. And the world, they got it going on. Everything is going fine with them. But... I'm going to tell you, it's important that you make your way to the house of the Lord every time that you get an opportunity. It's important that you forsake not the assembling of yourselves. There are a lot of people that are calling themselves apostolic. But they ain't living up to it. They ain't measuring up to it. They ain't living like those apostles, are they? Mm-mm. Nah. They ain't. And so he got back into the house of the Lord. And when he got into the house of the Lord, I, I'm going to tell you, there have been times that I've been in my, my mindset and attitude wasn't the best. And I'm like, you know, just everything. I'm, I'm done with everything. And all it took was coming into the house of the Lord. All it took was a church service to readjust my thinking or to rearrange my thinking. And he said, I went to the house of the Lord. He said, and then I understood their end. They're in a, a slippery place. The place that they're in, it's a real slippery one. Their end is not a good one. That's why it's important that you make it into the house of the Lord. That's why it's important that your approach unto a, to a church service is not casual. It's not a nonchalant approach. It's not, it's not, you know, if we're not careful, I said this as well the other night. If you're not careful, you can get a, a spirit of indifference can come upon you where you don't care about nothing but yourself. You don't, you're not sensitive to the things of God. You're, you don't care. Um, it's nonchalant. It's, it's just a casual approach. It's, oh, okay, another church service. Let's get through this service. No. This ain't another church service. This is another opportunity for me to be refilled. 
This is another opportunity for me to be renewed. This is another opportunity for God to enlighten me lest I sleep the sleep of death. This is another opportunity for God to give me that Holy Ghost perspective. Again, listen, I don't want to approach a church service like it's nothing. There is something great happening here tonight. I promise you when you feel the presence of God, I promise you that's the best feeling that you will ever feel. And it happens here in the house of the Lord. Happens here in the house of the Lord. So what am I talking about? What am I saying? Am Am I downing everything? Am I putting down everything? Is my attitude one of a stout-hearted one. Is my word stout? Do you know that whenever you speak, whenever I speak against something or someone or, or whatever it may be or whoever it may be and it, it pertains to the work of God, do you know that I'm not really, you're not really so much talking about that person? You're not really criticizing that person? Who you're criticizing is God. You're saying that God doesn't know what he's doing. God doesn't know how to handle his business. In Moses' days, they thought that they were speaking against Moses. But the Lord said, you've spoken this against me. I want to make sure that I'm speaking the right thing. I don't want to speak against him. I don't want to bring some railing accusations against him because he's been nothing but good. He's been nothing but good to me. He's been great. And I want to speak often about him. Each and every day. I don't want a day to go by where I'm not talking about him. I don't want a a day to go by where I'm not telling him how great he is and how wonderful he is. I want to tell people in Bible studies that God is great and that God can change your life. I want to tell people in the grocery stores, that God can touch you. God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. He can save you. He can wash away all of your sins. That can happen. That will happen when people yield themselves to what God wants to do in their lives. I want to talk about him. The Bible says that when they, after Jesus was crucified and buried, the Bible says they, they was walking and they was talking about what had happened about the things of God. And God showed, and the Lord showed up, and, and when it was all said and done, he revealed himself to them. I want God to reveal himself to me. Each and every day, I want to learn something about him. Because you can never learn, you, you'll never learn everything about God. You know, you can say, well, there are people that say, well, I already know what I need to know. No. Trust me, there's a whole more lot to learn. And it goes far beyond a couple of scriptures. God wants to reveal himself to us in a powerful way each and every day. And I want to give him the opportunity to. I want to talk about him. I want to talk about him. I want to know that it's not, it's not, there is a prophet in living holy and righteous. In dressing holy and righteous. There's a prophet in that. There is a prophet. There is a payoff in the end. I don't ever want to forget that. 
making it to the house of the Lord and being excited about the things of God. We was talking there just last night about how great God is and the word of God and how powerful the word of God was. And I could feel God's presence as people were just excited as they knew they could see God is doing great things. I want to talk about the great things that God is doing. I don't want to talk about what everybody else is doing. I want to talk about what God is doing. Here in our midst, God is doing great things. God is showing himself mighty. He's showing himself strong in our midst, and I want to magnify him. I want to lift him up every chance that I get. I want to tell God in the world just how great he is. Let's, lift, let's stand tonight. God hears it all. He hears it all. He hears it all. And he said, they that feared my name, they spoke often about me. They spoke often. And he said, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to put them in a book of remembrance. 